Masechet to start a new Sefer the Navi Sefer Shmos. And before we start the story, let's talk about the name of the Navi. Why is the Sefer called Shmos? Someone could say because the first story introduces Shmuel Navi to us, even though Shmuel actually plays, the story of Shmuel takes up a very small part of the Sefer. Instead, if you're going to use Shmuel Aleph and Shmuel Base together, the main of the Novi Shmuel, there's only a few problems which discuss him. Most of the most of the Sefer is discussing Shaul and afterwards David. So one could say that well, but the main of the first story is Shmuel, and therefore the, the Novi was given a name after its opening, after its opening parent or two. That could be. One could also say that Shmuel and Novi wrote the first few problems of the Sefer. And even though the Mesa we don't find uh, as a theme in Tanakh that the person who wrote a Sefer was named after him, I mean, for example, Shmuel Novi Asar Adrus, again, Asurus, we don't find it was called after him or Yosef Shaitan too. And uh, we don't find if he imprinted his name on it. But since he was talking about himself, it could be that, it could be that the reason it's called Sefer Shmuel. But we're going to see. Yeah. The, what the Prophet said is the uh, uh, deeper chat, and that is that it's not necessarily this, all about the story of the life of Shmuel, but it's more the achievements of Shmuel. And Shmuel's two great achievements that we're going to see was that his two Talmudim, both Shaul and David, at different stages, they both became the kings of Ta'isra. And therefore, the, even we're going to see the Nebuah of Shmuel's mother around the beginning, that, that would be his tafkid, and we see that that was part of which the, the role Shmuel played is the transition stage from the Levine to the kings. He was the one that groomed and basically brought two kings to the throne, and therefore the story of Shmuel, of Shaul, and the story of David, which make up the rest of the Sefer, are really a continuation of uh, the tutelage and the direction of, of Shmuel. Okay, so that's the... That's a bit of a background to the name of the Sefer. Now, the story, as we know, begins even before the birth of Shmuel, it's the story of his parents, and the Navi begins, Vahi, in Pasukada, Vahi, Eshachad, Mineris, Ramasayim, Tsepim, Harifraim. We already saw Harifraim was the central part of Eretz Israel. It was near to where the Mishkan was. The Mishkan was in Shiloh, which is on Harifraim. There was a place called Ramasayim, Tsepim. What is called Ramasayim Tsefim. There's a difference in the Mephoshim, what the name Tsefim means. Uh, Rashi quotes the Gemara that Ramasayim Tsefim means there were two places called Rama. And there were two opposite mountains that we could see the one from the other one. And therefore, the, the two together were called Ramasayim Tsefim, the two Ramas which could see each other. Do we know where these are? And th- where it is today? Yeah. And where it is today. Uh, and therefore, that was the name of the this twin town of Rama on the mountain. Targum uh, Edison says that Sophim is always the word used for Nevim, and therefore Ramatayim Sophim means the Rama of the Nevim. Now, that's a bit of a strange thing to say. Why? Because we're going to see, and the Apostles are going to say in the first, that there weren't that many Nevim. If we talk about the transmission of Torah, as we know from the first mission to the others, that Moshe transferred the Torah to Yosher, and from there it went to the Zakanim, and from there it went to the Nevim. So the Nevim begins with Shmuel. He was the first of the Nevim. 
<coughs> and therefore before him, they were not going to be there weren't so many to be. The Apostle said that which means before Shmuel, it was very rare to find a Navi. There were exceptions, like Pinchas, like Okana himself, but it was, those were the exceptions. It's only after Shmuel, we find that the Nebuah became much more prevalent. And therefore to have a town called the Rama of the Nevim, which is much that there were a significant amount of Nevim before that, is not something we find um, discussed who, uh, the, who these Nevim would have been. According to Rashi, what's the point? Even though, even though uh, it says Shmuel's father, it's Ish Echod, came from Hare Ephraim, we know that he wasn't from the Shevet of Ephraim. We know Shmuel's father was a Levi. And therefore you have to say that he came from the same Sofim on Hare Ephraim, and that was one of the cities of the Levim. Because as you know, there were 48 cities of the Levim, which were scattered throughout Eretz Israel. And therefore, the, being as Elkanah was a Levi, so we have to say that this place that he was, was one of the cities of the Levim, which was in Shavit Ephraim. Do we know what the Ara Levim was? Yeah, sure, we would give it a list, Ara Levim, at the end of Yeshua. Now, the, that's one point. We know something else as well. Chazal tell us, in Israel we have the Apostle in Divra Yamim, and that is, uh, not only were they Levim, but we know that they were descendants of Korah. They were descendants of Korah. Who was? Shmuel was the descendant of Korah. Rashi brought it on the Torah. Rashi says that what gave Korah the courage, so to speak, to argue with Moshe Rabbeinu, was the Rosh Shmuel Shayotzi Mechalotzaf. You saw that Shmuel and Avi was going to be his descendant, and therefore he felt that you know, if he has a descendant like that, it must be that he's going to be protected. And therefore, not only was Shmuel's family, Elkanah, his father, the descendant of Levim, is the descendant of Korah. Now, if that's the case, so now we see something interesting. We know that Korach yeah, was prompted to fight with Moshe Rabbeinu because he felt, if I'm guaranteed a descendant like Shmuel, so obviously nothing will happen to me. Um, what Korach didn't realize is even though Korach took his sons on board with his rebellion, and therefore he thought if something happens to me, something will happen to them. And therefore the argument would be that if there's going to be Shmuel who's eventually going to be my descendant, nothing will happen to them or to me because otherwise we won't have a descendant of Shmuel. What Karach didn't realize is that his sons would change allegiances and do each other. And therefore, even though Karach died, his sons survived. And uh, the, they later on had a great great grandson, Hiroshmuel. Now, Bnei Karach, we know that. Avi Asif and Alkanda, the Bnei Karach, the Maisa, we have a number of the hidden from Bnei Karach. And. We have a number of the hidden from Bnei Karach. Uh, and not only that, the Mashmos is that they were Levim. Or some of the things they say in Tehillim, they say in Bnevu. They say this, if you look in the Tehillim of the Bnei Korach, so a lot of the, lot of the things they're saying are Bnevu. And if that's the case, so then we can explain the Pshat of the Targum before, so some of the Torah says, and that is that Ramasayim Tzoyfim was the Rama of the Levim. Not that there were that many Levim now, but this was the town of the, the descendants of Bnei Korach who were Levim. And therefore, being as O'Connor was a descendant of Bnei Korach, who were the Nevim at the time, then, three generations beforehand. So he lived in his homestead, he lived in the town where all the descendants of Bnei Korach were, including himself. And that's what was called the Ramasayim of the Tzaykin. It was like set up by the Bnei Korach originally, 
And these were the great sons, the great grandsons of the Bnei Karach who were still living in their town of Levi. So if it means the Targum says means Levi, yes. That's what we can see. Now, what's his name? Rishmai Elkana Ben Yerachim Ben Elihu Ben Taichu Ben Suf Efrasi. The Pasuk in Divra Yamim just goes back two more days and it gets to Ben Aviyasuf Ben Karim. So even though it doesn't give us the whole linear share, the Master Divra Yamim takes us the last two steps and therefore we see how it's the Yachasim back to Karach. Now, if as we said, therefore he was the Levi. So why is he called an Ephrasi? And Ephrasi is much more personal than Ephraim. Uh, so why is he called an Ephrasi? So the simple pshat, which another of the say is, it wasn't as his shave, it was as where he lived. He lived in Harry Ephraim, he's called an Ephrasi. Um, that's what the Rebbe Nishai says, and the Mitzvahs, and a lot of other Mufashim as well. They say the same idea. But there is another pshat uh, for the word Ephrasi, and that is in somebody of importance. Somebody of importance, which Rashi brings in the second side, and that is, uh, it's a sign of Hashivas. So he was a nobleman. He wasn't just a, uh, it's a sign of Hashivas that he was somebody who was uh, an important person. Now, we don't see yet exactly what the importance of Elkanah was. We'll see later on um, in the story that well, what his Hashivas was. But either end, the Pesach introduces him to us as somebody of importance. Is it on purpose that he's done the Background to um, to uh, to Elkanah, the father of Perak, the father of Shmuel. I'm sorry. Now again, we can ask the question: Why doesn't why does the pasuk start in a big way? There was a man from Harry Prem, and his name was Elkanah. If you said Elkanah, or it start getting it start with the person rather than the introduction. So already the the Midrash tells us that any time it starts like that, it means there's a time. The Shmai, some, somebody, and this, his name was whatever. That's the way the Torah introduces the Tariq to us. Literally, when it says Shmai Harech if his name comes before him, Tariq, which means he had a reputation of a Tariq. Therefore, people knew him, Shmai. People knew him as Elkanah. He was known as a, as as the that's the Torah's Lashon for Tariq. Whereas when it introduces the Rasha, it says somebody Shmai. So his name before the word Shmai, but the first Tariq says Shmai first, and then afterwards his name. Same thing. No, that doesn't say Shmai at all. It just says it just gives us a name. But if it says his name, more prestigious. The Torah doesn't say it so much, but the Navi will find Shmai and his name was so and so, or so and so was his name. And the the distinction between those two is, is if it says first Shmai, whoever means it's a Tzaddik. If it says whoever Shmai, then it means it's not a Tzaddik. And also, it's not talking about the reason that we say, we're talking about the that praise him with for his name. It's the title to use the praise him. So, introducing the test. If you want, when Hashem introduces of Moshe, or Shmi Hashem, then that to them. This is the analysis of the Shem first. But okay, so that's the that's the first person. Now, Vedash Shlaina Hashem had two wives, Shem Achas Chana, and Shem Hashem Ispina. 
one of them's names was Chana, and the second one was Pina. And if you're going to be like the Pasuk, the Chara should have said, if you're going to talk a definite article, Shem Ho Achas Chana, Shem Hashem is Pina. Achas isn't the first one, Achas is one. One's Achas, one's was Chana, and the second one was Pina. We'll see why the Pasuk changed like that. Vahir Pina, the Yadim, and Pina had children, and Chana and Yadim. And Yadim, Chana, the Nadim had children. The fact that he puts Chana first, she was his first wife. And later on, he married a second wife, Penina, and Penina had children, whereas Chana didn't. Now, the question is, uh, what, is, was that the reason why he married Penina? In other words, and this we're going to see is, is an interesting question, which we're going to look for proof in a few seconds' time. That is, did Elkanah know that Chana couldn't have children? Or was Elkanah hoping Chana would have children? And because Chana was hoping she had children, the question was, what was Lokana thinking? Before he married her? No, after he married her. It's the Mashmaz he married Chana first. And after he married Pina. The Achas, the first one was Chana, and after he married Pina. Was she in a Kara, like the, like the voice? The, Mash- the Chazal said yes. So the, the question is, we're going to see rise to this, and that is, did Lokana hope Chana would have children? Or, or was he trying to keep or her? Was it, sorry? He trying to keep her beautiful. Is that the question? No. Well, it has, had he given up, he, he liked her, but he didn't expect her to have children, because he thought she couldn't. Oh, that's why he married another wife. And that's wife. why he married a second wife. Uh-huh. Or was Elkan is still hoping Chana would have children. So we'll see. We'll see in the second. It was rise to this. Now, Ve'Allah ishahu me'irai, miyamim yamima, nishtachavetz v'nizbayach l'ashem tzvakas v'shedah. And that man, Elkan, we just spoke about, whatever year he would go from his town, which was from Messiah Tzayfim, to the Mishkan, which was in Shiloh. Nishtachavos is to bow down, or can't bow down, not by, not by the Basin Mikdash, or by the Mishkan. Once again, when there was the Mishkan in Shiloh, one wasn't allowed to bring Karbanas anywhere else. And therefore, to, in order to be Mishtachavos and to bring Karbanas, he had to go to Shiloh. And the Pasuk says that he went Miyamim Yamima. What does Yamim Yamima mean? So the Mavashim explained this once a year. And now, that doesn't fit into what we saw at the end of Shoftim, that Yom Yomima was Mashma more than once a year. It says about Pnezif, uh, they went to Yom Yomima, to be Natanis, it's Pnezif, four times a year. The Pasuk says that. The reason why the Mavashim here says Yom Yomima is because the only other time it comes to Tanakh is the Pasuk in the Torah at the end of Mashma's boy. It's talking about the Quran Pesach, and it says, V'shamarat ha'sachuk ha'zoyis l'mayada, Yom Yomima. And therefore, we're talking about the carbon Pesach, it only comes once a year. But if you're talking about being oily regal, so then for sure it's three times a year. And therefore, the Yom Yomimah means from time to time. Not from year to year, it means from time to time. Because if he's going to the kind of midst of oily regal, you have to come up every single regal. So the Yom Yomimah means once a year. And if that's the case, they ask on the Yom Yomimah, how can that be? Is the kind of regal? And they want to suggest something which is a big tradition, and they want to say that it's talking about the science for the regal. The science for the regal will come up, it'll come up an extra time besides that. Um, now, okay, that's a chiddush. It's not the mashmaz of Chazal. Because Chazal say that Al-Qanah was massive in midst of Ayla Regal. That it was a time when people weren't so careful of being Ayla Regal, and Al-Qanah was the one who encouraged the mitzvah of Ayla Regal, in which case he's not talking about extra visits to the base of Migdash, he's talking about um, it was talking about uh, the times that they went up in order in order to 
the regular, which is Chazal say as well. And it says that he used to go from Meira, but he start from his city. But the Midrash says, Midrash says that every time he used to go a different route. Why? Because that way he could encourage more people to come along with him. And therefore, each time he goes to where you kind of where you're going, what's going on, to say, no, it's Mitzvah. By the regular, come with us. And by going different directions each time to get to Shila, he would bring more Jews with him to Shila. And this goes back to what I said before. He was an oppressor. He was an important person. And therefore, it was something that people respected. And they noticed that Elkanah is going to Shira. For every answer, it made an impact which convinced other people to go with him. Right. So like I said, there are those of Hashem like the Radak who have both options. So either it means once a year or it means every regal. Um, the Targum says every regal. The Mitzvah says once a year. But like I said, the Mashmasa of the Pasuk and the Mashmasa of Chazal is that we're talking about the Mitzvah of the regal, in which case it wasn't just once a year, it was a few times a year. Now, that's the that's the the starting point of the pasuk. And why did this mitzvah fall into forgetfulness? Why do people stop being like the regal? So that's the pasuk is really miramis to us. And the next part of the pasuk because the sham shnei bin eli chafni yopinchas koyim rasha because the two koyim there were the sons of eli eli was a koyim gadol and his two sons chafni yopinchas koyim and even though right now the navi isn't interested in telling us. All about Chafni and Pinchas, but you're going to see later uh, that the way that they acted uh, actively discouraged people from coming to the Mishnah. Uh, that we'll see. And uh, therefore, the, what made Ola Regal an unpopular mitzvah was no one to go to the Mishnah and, and be abused by Eli and Pinchas. And therefore, they stopped coming. And, and Al-Khan was trying to offset that. The whole Kalei was turned off? Uh, yes. Yes. And therefore, and the was trying to offset that. And he was trying to bring people back to the Mishkan. Okay, so that, that's the introduction to the story of Al-Khan. Now, by here, it was that, that day, and as the Yom Tov, which it doesn't tell us which Yom Tov it was, but then one of the times they came uh, to the Besamekdash, to the Mishkan, and by Yisrael he brought his Karbanas, and he brought Shlomim. The Pazlik said the point that he's Bayach, he's Lashon of Shlomim, that he went to bring Shlomim. As you know, by Shlomim, even as she has a carbon, the, the person who brings it gets to eat the meat. Also, the Pesantif. That was the meat that Pesantif. So, Elkan comes back with the meat of the Shlomim to give to his family. And so now he has a big family, he has Pina, and you can see later Pina had 10 children. So he gives Pina and all her children. Portions of meat because I was a young person, and uh, obviously he gave Chana too. Or the Chana eaten, mana achasafai, and the Chana only gave one portion. So only one of them. Now what's the question? What does it mean, mana achasafai? The Pasha Sikor said the Chana eaten mana achas. Just mana. The mana is a portion. He could have just said, it could just say mana. Right, so as opposed to all the manas, the many portions he gave to the children, he gave only one to Khan. But it was a mana which was a pay. What does the word a pay mean? So it's not clear in Pshat, and that's how the Mufajim explain it in three different ways. We'll start with Rashi. Um, Rashi says something, not but uh, he's trying to explain it in a positive way. And therefore he says, mana achas is a manna which a person would makal b'seva konim yafas. It's a much more harsh of a portion, and therefore a person would be happy to get it. That's like not just a standard piece of meat. This was like, uh, <laughs> it was the fanciest, the best piece. And some of the all of them are all of them. 
It doesn't have to be fancy that it has to be something which is nika on its own. But it's uh, over here. He wanted to give her the choicest piece. That oh, no, right, right. right, whatever it would be. That's uh, it was the time. I don't know. It could be a lot of options. But whatever it was that he she wanted, that that was considered the most hush of a thing, so that she would feel good about it. And then what what is Alpana trying to do? Because even though he, he didn't, there's no reason to give Khanna as much as he gave Nina. Nina had a whole family of kids to feed, and Khanna's not going to eat so much meat herself. But he wanted to make her feel good, and therefore he wanted he gave her the best piece as opposed to as many pieces. That's the Rashi's Mazapayim, it's something which would appease her. That's uh, the one chat. The, the, the second chat in the Fashim is that, and this is brought to the number of the Fashim, that Lashna Payim is Milashan. Um, like the Lashon Kharena, something which is, makes a person angry or a person sad. And, uh, and when the Ever says that he gave her one mana, but uh, he was disappointed to give her one mana. So that, uh, the way they read the Pasuk, the Rabbi says, is that Nechana he gave one portion in disappointment. He would have wished he could have given her more as well, but the Master, he shouldn't have any children. And therefore he gave her one portion. But but sad, uh, unhappily because he, there was she she there was no one else for her to give to. That's why he was upset about. It. He would have he wished he could have given Khanna more, but the said she never any children. So in other words, either was in the the Kuntarashi, it was trying to appease Khanna by giving her a better portion, or in the second shot, telling us how Khanna himself felt. That's the problem with that. And he felt bad for her, that he had like, he couldn't give her, he was only one of her, he and he couldn't give her a more than one portion. That's the second chat. The third chat is what the first one say, is man achasapayim, is just talking about the piece of meat. And that was a much bigger piece. Not better, but it's talking about the pasta itself, was the one which had two sides to it, so to speak, apayim, which means it was, uh, as compared to everyone else who got a small piece, he gave her a much bigger one. Okay, whatever the point is, the the all shavim b'dava echad the alkanas and thought intention to give her was to make her feel better, either bigger or better, or to show he was tired that he couldn't give her more, and uh, as he realized the fact that she would be jealous or she'd be disappointed. How come Pina's getting so much and I don't have children yet and I need so much? So he tried to appease her. Okay, so Chana Oiv v'Hashem Sagarach. And that's because uh, what I said before, and that is that really the isha the isha achas the, the choice wife was Hannah. He was the one he preferred, and but Hashem saw and Hashem didn't give her children. The mashmas of Sagarachma is not just that she didn't have children. The mashmas is that she wasn't able to have children. So now again, come back to the question we started before, and that is. At that stage, had Elkanah given up, and he thought, okay, so even though he likes Hannah, but never he feels bad for her, but he thought she's not, that she's not going to have children. Now, why is this important to us? Because we're going to see that uh, we don't find that Elkanah davens for her. We find Hannah davens for herself, as opposed to Yitzchak davens for Rivka, and opposed to Abraham davens for Sarah. Or Rachel who came to Yaakov and said, Daven for me. But we don't, it's interesting, we don't find Okana Daven for Khan. We find Okana loved Khana and Okana was upset about the fact that she didn't have children. We don't find the Daven for him. No, it could be he falls not shy. So it's not shy for their children. 
So he, he, he would do his best to make it feel better and to show he cared about her. But we don't find him as a double because it could be it's not shy. It's a, it's a, it's a nice and nice, there's nothing to do. Uh, which is interesting. We're going to see another analysis in a few seconds time. Because he really had other children. Right? So it's, it's not just that. Uh, it's not, yeah, even Yaakov said, I have children. But it doesn't mean, like we've watched that Yitzchak, that Yaakov didn't have them. But what Yaakov told us, I can't dive in the same way Yitzchak dive in because by him he felt the side equally. But here we experiment with the dive. We don't find that uh, kind of dive. Now, besides for that, and that is Hannah was bizarre by the fact that she didn't have children. Wait, just because it doesn't say that bizarre that Hannah had no children, the boss carries on. It says Besides for that, uh, uh, her second, the second wife. Also used to try and make anger her, try and make her give it sad. Babur her imam. So that she should say. Whether she should have she should complain. Why? Because Hashem didn't give her children. And the question is firstly what is what's the conclusion end of the possible the beginning of the possible? Uh, if Tina wanted to mitzar her, so why is it, what, then we know that reaches the children, but not to repeat it a second time. So the two ways to understand the possible. There's the chat and then there's the Gemara. Let's start with the Gemara first. The Gemara says that, if you remember the last one, that's well, that Pnina the Shem Shemani And that is Pnina meant well. She thought, she thought that Chana um, isn't Zerich the children because she hasn't done enough to daven or she's not motivated enough to work on being by Rachman by Hashem. If I'm going to help her, and how do you know how to help her? If I make her more bizarre about not having children, she'll die even more. And uh, if that's the case, what the Gemara explains the Pasuk is that for Kiyasazot, the Rasakam Kaz, brought her to anger, brought her to pain, that way she would be Mishraim. She would dive more to Hashem, she would complain more about the matter. Because Pnina thought, which like I said before, I mean, not children, she, she, she couldn't have children. And therefore, we need a nate to have a child. So I thought, maybe if I push her enough, that she's going to daven, and um, I'll make a daven by giving her enough tzar to bring her to Tvila, that's what's going to tip the balance. It's a weird way to inspire something. So even though the uh, Maisa, the Gemara is there, is done in the Kavschus, and that is her intention was noble, she was trying to help Chana. But nevertheless, we see Penina was punished because of the positive tenet later in the end of the place is that every time Khan the child, Penina lost two. And uh, if Penina's intention was so noble, why would she suffer for that? And this is one of the famous Yisraelites of Chaim Shmulevitz, and that is good intentions don't justify hurting somebody else. And if in justify hurting somebody else. And therefore, even if Lemaitha, her intention was that I'm going to Mithari so much, she'll daven, but Lemaitha doesn't justify being with Tara somebody, and therefore she was still punished for the Tara that she calls Khan. You could explain that they said you can try to hurt somebody, but you have to to help them. So that's the answer. The MS is that you, it doesn't, you can't hurt somebody, even if it's, you have some intention in which they benefit. Even if it's to help them. That's the one chat. The other chat, which is a chat, which uh, a number of questions say here. Is and that is Pasha Pinel was jealous. She saw that Elkanah favored Chana, 
and therefore she felt very left out as being the one who was like the second given second so wife status and therefore she ran around back by making fun of Hannah no I have children you don't have children so Akira gave her a, a, a sort of validation that she had something that Hannah didn't in which case it's, it's just an example of the distress which is that if that's the case then it was completely wrong you know, even though we can understand where the mid is coming from we can understand the mid is coming from a point of uh, she felt slighted, and therefore she felt this was her way to uh, restore her own chashivas, like, you know, I have something you don't have, but uh, there's obviously no justification for it, and if that's the case, that's why she was punished so severely. Question. Okay, yeah.